0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, June 28th episode of Poets and Muses, where we chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A. Rate. You can follow us at poetsandmuses.com and on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now, aside from the Poets and Muses website and our SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast via Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Stitcher. With us today is Darren Kamali, with whom I will be discussing his poem, She is Nana, and my poem, Advice from Peach Blossoms. Before we do that, however, I'm going to go over some virtual poetry events taking place during the week of June 29th. On Monday, June 29th, from 8 to midnight Paris time, Spoken Word Paris will be hosting its online poetry open mic with the theme of healing, this time featuring Sharon Mesmer and Jeffrey Big Homie Banks. You can find out more information about that at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 247-642-408-590-8386. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 247 642 642-408-590-8386 at 4 p.m eastern time nuijunen tv will be hosting the 8th of its 20 episode the nuijunen wind carriers challenge where anyone can participate but only indigenous youths between 8 and 25 years old are eligible for the prices which includes a grand prize of a macbook pro you can find out more information about that at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 644 Again, that's facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 644 From 8 p.m. Central Time... Frizzy Productions will be hosting his Poets Playground Open Mic via Instagram live at Poets underscore Playground underscore. Again, that's at Poets underscore Playground underscore. On Tuesday, June 30th from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Urban Word NYC will be hosting its weekly first draft open mic. For those between the ages of 13 and 23, it's a virtual writing workshop and open mic series facilitated by Roya Marsh. You can find out more information and register at urbanwordnyc.org forward slash first draft. Again, that's urbanwordnyc.org forward slash first draft. From 5 to 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time, Arizona Masters of Poetry will be hosting its Speak Poet via Instagram Live at Arizona Masters of Poetry. From 7.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Joss Smalls, Mr. Wiz, and Beach City Poetries will be hosting their Poetry Threesome via Instagram Live, the first hour at Coach Jaw Smalls second hour at Mr. Wiz, and third hour at Beach City Poetress. Again, that's first hour at Coach Jaw Smalls, that's J-A-H-S-M-A-L-L-S, second hour at Mr. Wiz, that's M-R-W-I-T-Z, and third hour at Beach City Poetress. From 6 to 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time, The Virginia G. Piper Center for Creative Writing will be hosting its Right Here, Right Now, Rethinking, Rewriting with our past poet guest, Oscar Mancinas. You can find out more information and register at piper.asu.edu forward slash write hyphen here hyphen write hyphen now. Again, that's piper.asu.edu forward slash right hyphen here hyphen right hyphen now right is w-r-i-t-e on wednesday july 1st from 3 to 4 p.m eastern time nuijinand tv will be hosting its nuijinands got talent which showcases indigenous youths between 13 and 25 years old via instagram live you can rsvp at nuijinand tv That's N-W-E-J-I-N-A-N-T-V. Again, that's N-W-E-J-I-N-A-N-T-V. From 8 p.m. Eastern Time, A Poet Named Superman will be hosting his release therapy open mic via Instagram Live at A Poet Named Superman. Again, that's at A Poet Named Superman. From 8 to 9.30 Eastern Time, The Tiny Cupboard will be hosting its Virtual Poetry Night via Zoom. You can find out more information and register at thetinycupboard.com forward slash events. Again, that's thetinycupboard.com forward slash events. On Thursday, July 2nd, from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Spit DC will be hosting its weekly open mic via Instagram Live, at Spit DC, that's S-P-I-T-D-A-T-D-C. Again, that's S-P-I-T-D-A-T-D-C. From 7 to 8 p.m. Pacific Time, Phonetic Spit will be hosting its weekly open mic Via Instagram Live at Phonetic Spit. That's P-H-O-N-E-T-I-C-S-P-I-T. Again, that's P-H-O-N-E-T-I-C-S-P-I-T. On Friday, June third, from 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time, Marquis Ten Thousand Burton will be hosting his live poetry freestyling via Instagram Live at Ten Thousand Poetry. Again, that's at 10,000 Poetry with 10,000 spelled out. On Saturday, July 4th, from 5 to five thirty p.m. Pacific Time, Arizona Masters of Poetry will be hosting its Speak Poet Saturday via Instagram Live at Arizona Masters of Poetry. On Sunday, July 5th, from 6 to 7 p.m. Paris Time, Weiss will be hosting the first of his eight-day Paris Writers' Workshop with Joffrey Nutter. And you can find out more information and register at weiss-paris.org forward slash event hyphen Again, that's weiss-paris.org forward slash event 379 3335. Weiss is spelled W I C E. And now let us welcome our poet guest of the week, Darren Kamali. Hi, Darren. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses.
1: Oh, Kiara, Bula, Imogen. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you. You just told me before that you speak Fijian, and I think you also, uh, I'm guessing from the
1: greetings that that was Maori, is that correct? It's a mixture of uh, languages, and uh, because I grew up in Fiji and in uh, Aotearoa, I use uh, multilingual words in my poetry. It could be from any of the islands as well, uh, Tonga, Samoa. Uh, I grew up in Fiji 17 years before coming to Aotearoa, New Zealand, and um, hence, uh, yeah, uh, there's uh, over 200 dialects in Fiji, and I speak the Hawan dialect, which is the common Fijian dialect.
0: Okay, can you tell me the name of the dialect again? I didn't catch it.
1: Bauan, B B-A-U. A mm-hmm. U. Uh, it's from it's from an island called Bau, uh, and King of Fiji was from that island. Okay. And died. Uh, so we call it his um, uh, common dialect.
0: Okay, okay, great. Thank you. Really appreciate that. So you brought with you the poem, She is Nana. Yes. Uh, before we get into that poem, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yes, so. You know, I'm Darren Kamali. I grew up in Fiji, like I said. Uh, my grandparents actually grew me up uh, while mum worked here in New Zealand and Australia to um, uh, pay for my school fees and, uh, yeah, was uh, allowed me to get educated in Fiji
2: mm-hmm. and in
1: New Zealand. And, um, yeah, so I grew up in Fiji 17 years uh, in a house in Samambula North, Tumbo Street in Suba. Which is the capital of Fiji.
2: Okay.
1: And um, yeah, I grew up there. My grandparents grew me up. I went to a Maris Brothers School. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was okay. an altar boy for nine years, Catholic. Oh, wow. uh, my grandfather was in the military.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, I grew up very um, under the military, under Catholic, and under the culture of Uvea uh, and Futuna, which is my surname Kamali, comes from. comes from an island called Uvea and another island called Futuna, which was my great grandparents' island. And they eloped to Fiji. Four generations ago.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. So most of my poems that I'm doing in this book is my memoir poems called Vunimango, uh, Mango Bar Collections. And that's when I was growing up in Fiji. I've got a compilation of 41 poems that's uh, being published at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that should be available online in the next couple of months. Okay.
0: Yeah. When did you start writing poetry?
1: When I first came to Aotearoa, actually. I grew up in Fiji. Very, um, very sort of uh, musical family. Most of my family um, members, I guess we went to church and we sang a lot and right. been involved in the choir and stuff like that. Right. Um, but when I came to Aotearoa, New Zealand, and that's, this is where poetry found me. And I started off on the streets of uh, Auckland in 98, 99, busking doing mm-hmm. street poetry mm-hmm. and um, yeah, got picked up by a producer. And he did an album. We did an album in 2000 called Mula Aotearoa Immigrant Story. Mm -hmm. and I got funded by Creative New Zealand to do another album. Everything's in poetry form, and I um, rearranged them into music and song. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Great.
1: And then I started publishing in uh, journals, Pacific journals mainly, um, anthologies, started in 2006, Mm -hmm. and my first first pro book was uh, launched in 2011. Mm -hmm. Went to a residency in Hawaii 2012, and I released my second collection, with a Hawaiian publisher, mm-hmm. Ala Press, in uh, 2014, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, it's been six years coming for this uh, next compilation. Wow!
0: Yeah. What made you decide to do poetry when when you got to New Zealand?
1: I came here in uh, '92, and I met up with a reverend called uh, Reverend Moore, Strix and Poor. At the time, I was sort of looking for. You know sort of ways of where I'm going to go from here,
2: yeah.
1: uh, being lost, coming out of a village in Fiji, and just being an independent and um, individual in the city, yeah. was a bit of a yeah, it was a bit of eye opener for me as well. And uh, yeah. it was great that I met this reverend, and he said to come into his. Were, he was doing a course, which was a social work course, but it was heavily based around art and poetry therapy. Yeah. Um, and so my first three poems that I wrote was uh, where I am. where I'm from, and where I'm going. So those were my first three poems in 98, and I haven't stopped writing poetry since then.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. So if you don't mind reading the poem, She is Nana for us, then we can discuss it.
1: Okay, then. This one's dedicated to my grandmother. Mm. She is Nana. Tears fall like silver rain, Sleepless nights, countless rosary beads Between withered fingers, Freshly lit candle burning on the altar, Our Father who art in heaven, Lord be thy name. Pacing the front yard step by step, bead by bead, as hours disappear, sorrowful mysteries, hail Mary full of grace. She has witnessed children bearing babies, unknown fathers, generation, what next? All she ever does is pray, God have mercy on us. Jobless, violent fathers, loveless, desperate mothers, sorrowful mysteries. Glory be to the Father to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. She refuses to go, saying not yet. Growing older, watching grandchildren grow, great-grandchildren grow to have children. The cycle continues. Untold stories unfold. Nothing good comes out of the barracks. I came back to visit Nana, to sit under that mango tree with her one last time. For theirs is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You talked about being raised Catholic. Can you tell us a little bit about the spread of Catholicism in the Pacific Islands?
1: Yes, I think the influence of Catholicism came through France, uh, mm-hmm. came through France and Tahiti, which is French Polynesia. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it ventured throughout the Pacific, Micronesia, Polynesia, Maldivesia. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so they had missionaries back in those days. And okay. um, so I think it's one of the biggest religions in the Pacific, uh, second probably to Methodist.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of Catholics in, uh, in the Pacific as well. Oh, wow. I grew up Catholic and I came to New Zealand. And I think I, I'm more sort of like, I see myself as a spiritual person nowadays than, than religious. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, it was good learning, it was good growing up with my grandparents, and um, yeah, I learned a lot of um, morals and values from them as well.
0: Right. And it, I think it's the Lord's Prayer, right, that's throughout this particular poem.
1: Yes, it's from the um, the rosary, the holy rosary uh, prayer, mm-hmm. and it goes through um, yeah different stages, because when I was growing up in the islands, uh, we had to say prayers every night, and yeah, for sure, go to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was everything, no venus in the morning sometimes, and uh, yeah, to the holy communion, baptism, yeah. confirmation, all the um, rituals of the Catholic Church.
0: Right. Yeah. right. yeah. What made you decide to interweave this poem with the prayer?
1: Normally when I was growing up, I was a teenager, I used to go out, and my grandmother would be just really worried about, you know, getting late, and um, right. whatever, and sober as well, because yeah. Uh, and then she'll be out in the front yard with her rosary beads in her hand and uh, she'll be praying the rosary and waiting for us and hoping every next bus or car that'll that'll be us coming home and stuff like
2: that
1: so she was always worried uh, when I was a teenager and I guess yeah when I was 17 it was a bit of a relief but although she was sad that I had to go to Aotearoa, New Zealand she was happy that uh, yeah it was for better opportunities and uh, yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) To, yeah, until to have some good influence, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When did you write this poem?
1: I wrote this, this whole collection over the last three years.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so it's very recent then.
1: Um, yes, but I, it's a recall right back to the 40s in Fiji and barracks where my grandfather was a soldier and he got in the barracks and all the story behind story about that. There's an American embassy that's taken our plantation away and built its embassy behind our barracks. And uh,
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that'll be involved in the book, too, included in the book.
0: Yeah, I remember you talking about that in the other poem that I read, uh, the one that's about your grandfather, right?
1: That's right, yeah, Vunimanko, yes.
0: Yeah. Was there a specific reason you decided to write a poem about your grandmother?
1: Yeah, this whole book I'm dedicating it to my grandparents because, oh, okay. um, yeah, just uh, acknowledging them and the way they brought me up and my memories of growing up. So it's actually coming from a young boy's eyes, maybe a teenage boy's eyes, 12, mm-hmm. 13, 14 year old. And um, yeah, sort of what I saw at that time and I was trying to capture it in this collection
0: of poems. Right. I thought it's interesting that you start this with tears fall like suva rain is there a specific reason why you decided to start with a sad imagery
1: yeah i think i picture my my sort of grandmother my nana uh said oh, i think right through her she's always been worried and always been sort of in that uh, that space and, and it rains in suva it doesn't stop you know so mm-hmm. it's, it's endless rain and now uh, and that's what I sort of wanted to capture there is that she never stops crying. Actually, you know, right. even if she's not good, tears, you know, my eyes the tears are falling in, the, in a heart in the spirit, you know. Yeah. Right,
0: right. Even though you invoke the sorrowful mysteries, you talk about that, and you sort of hint at certain things like jobless, violent fathers, loveless, desperate mothers. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess we grew up in a in a village of barracks and there was no fence, no boundaries. And uh, yeah, my people like my granddad went to war and uh, there was no therapy after war. So um, he came through it, but a lot of the younger people didn't come through it. And we didn't, yeah. I grew up with, uh, yeah, sort of, we just grew up being exposed to other, our neighbors, what's happening in the neighborhood. And not that it was a bad thing, but it was, yeah, so it was a sort of an kind of Feeling as well. And uh, yes, yeah, so right. it was different. Because, uh, we were in the barracks, and yeah, and I guess I'm just writing about uh, soldiers after the war and what happens in families. Right, um, right. Yeah, and what what's the result? Of, how does it result? In. That's what I saw, that's what I, the stories that I heard uh, included in this collection.
0: Right. Which you talk about uh, a bit more when you were writing about your grandfather in the other poem.
1: Um, that's right so it had a few stanzas and uh, yeah brought him out in his younger days and when he went to war and, and stuff like that and the transition into being an old man and starting to get sick uh, due to the you know his plantation being taken away and stuff like that right yeah and he passed away early at 75 my grandmother passed last year oh I? in my Kamali and uh, that's why I really want to publish this book uh, maybe in the next month because her anniversary comes up on July the 13th Of our passing. Wow. I
0: just wanted
1: to acknowledge
0: it. Right, right, right. And it's interesting because you allude to this violence, but in this particular poem you don't really talk about the source of it, even though in the other poem you do in terms of the what they used to
1: yeah And the the backstory to some of those problems in our barracks. And it was due to socio economic problems. It was one bedroom barrack. Uh, growing up, and there was about 14 of us in that one-bedroom barrack. And, uh, now it's gone up into two bedrooms, and we've done something at the back. Right. But there's still about 17 of us staying in the island, and, and we support them from uh, the Wow. And over, yeah.
0: Well, when you say a one-room barrack, or yeah. a one-bedroom, excuse me, barrack, can you give us an idea of, of the dimensions, how big it was or how small it was?
1: Uh, it would be about four by four meters a room. And that'll be our sitting room and our kitchen and our uh, one bedroom. And the bathroom in total will be separate from the house, which is outside.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's And then it, it went, once we extended it back, I think it was the late 80s, early 90s. And now, yeah, we've put in two more bedrooms in, in, a, in a back house. Right,
0: right. So yeah. 16 square meters or 160 about square feet.
1: It's it's something like a bunker, you know, sort of a bomb shelter kind of set up, and wow. yeah, it's really uh, cemented, really uh, thick walls, and uh, right. can get really hot as well, especially yeah. in the tropics. Yeah, yeah.
0: You yeah, know. they they don't, uh, you know, when <laughs> like when colonization <laughs> happened, they didn't really ad- adapt to the local environment.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's still there today, but uh, the American embassy wanting to buy. All our barracks out in the village as well. So um, they want to build the empire, and yeah, that's an issue we're facing at the moment. Yeah, and that's the importance of this book that I compiled.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very important to talk about that because we don't really talk about it here. I, I don't I don't think we're aware of it here. It's not no. really talked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it's a small place, small islands, and um, people take advantage of us as well as so, well. Um, Mm. It's, it's pretty hard to get your rights as a third world country so it's different kind of government as well uh, Fiji and yeah if you've got money coming from the states or from from Asia or wherever mm-hmm. I guess there's always a way in.
0: Yeah but, uh, yeah David was talking about that a little bit about how Fiji is sort of in the middle of these um, sort of power struggles between the west and the East.
2: That's
1: right. Yeah. And I, and I look at it as the, uh, Mexico, the Pacific, you know, Fiji Islands, the mm. Republic of Fiji. And, uh, yeah, it could always, it's sort of like in the center. So before New Zealand, Australia, they used to come to Fiji to do, a uh, medicine, uh, doctors come to study in Fiji from the islands mm. and, uh, and universities there too. It's, it's a big, uh, it's 332 islands. So it's all spread out towards Tonga and Samoan, Pacific and West Polynesia, East mm. Polynesia. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, sorry, what what, do you, what did you
1: mean by um, before going to Australia, they go to study in Fiji? In- so during the 50s and 40s, 50s, 60s, um, they would go to Fiji to study medical studies, hospitality studies, theological schools, okay. uh, and once they developed relationships with Australia and New Zealand, now they started to come this way, mm-hmm. but we still have the University of the South Pacific in Fiji and stuff like that, and um, yeah, people still go there. Um, and I guess that's how we really build relationships between the islands as well with, uh, with us in the Pacific. Oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting.
0: And was that interrupted during the civil war, during the unrest?
1: Uh, the coup, cool, yes. Uh, there was The first coup I was 87. I guess you had some of those in my grandfather's story as well. Mm-hmm. That's when uh, Brigadier General um, Rambuka over and they called my grandfather back into the military force
2: mm.
1: after his retirement to um, uh, be military intelligence for that first call in 87. Um, I've wrote, written a song about that, and I've, I've written c- quite a bit of that in this book as well. Right. And, um, yeah, so um, and that was just the first one. I think we had four since then. Right. And for so the last 30, 35 years, yeah, we've been <laughs> having endless calls, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Right, right. It's almost like a chain reaction, isn't it? It's hard to get out of once you're in it.
1: Yes, and I guess the the government has got used, gotten used to that, and uh, it's been a military-led government uh, since then, and it's probably always been uh, since the Republic.
0: Right. Between the PTSD and the very cramped quarters, you could definitely understand the trauma that might result from that.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, now it's not as poor as we grew up, or my parents grew up in the barracks in Tumbo Street, but uh, yeah, they're still suffering yeah, there. It's, it's really hard, and especially after this COVID, a um, lot of them have lost their job. My cousin has lost his job, he's only three days a week, and normally he works 40 hours a week and he gets only 150 bucks, so, oh, wow. yeah, so it's, not, it's not easy. there. I guess that's why I was sort of chosen to come overseas as well, and opportunities and other stuff for, to right. support our family back in
0: Ireland. Right, right. Yeah. What I see is this very seamless integration between, you know, this reflection on the mood of your childhood and some of the harshness of it interweave with the prayers. Was that in itself a social commentary? Um, uh, what were you trying to say with the juxtaposition between the two?
1: Yeah, I mean, throughout the book, there's a lot of um, struggle and a lot of challenges that we face growing up there in the barracks, but it actually brings out. Uh, remember, there's, a, there's about 41 poems and, uh, right. and it goes different characters. And then actually, um, it weaves. I, I think, the, the good memories into the hard times as well.
2: <laughs> right,
1: right. So it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that, or I remember somebody telling me that story, or, yeah, I remember that feeling when uh, I had experienced something happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, all that had that, you not know, created the juxtaposition in terms of uh, yeah the, the darkness and the light and the good and the you know yeah mm-hmm. that comes out of the barracks and um, yeah and how it changed over the decades. So it's I'm writing about the last probably five six decades and how it comes comes through right. in a different ways. Yeah. So um, yeah, the forty one poems will collect the, the whole thing. I, I guess I sent you about three poems, and mm-hmm.
2: there was yes. the extended
1: one. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and, yeah, it took me a while, I guess, because um, it's just last year I wrote probably a dozen poems to add to this, and uh, that really finished the collection, probably.
2: Right.
1: And, uh, and I felt it was ready to go after three years. And, um, yeah, it feels right. And my grandma passed away last year, and I told her, before she passed, that this is going to be a book right. to remember. Yeah. So they, their memories are not in vain. mm mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's specific to this book, though. The melancholy. I mean, you you do talk about some of the the happier thing seems to be now, like the last stanza is the more
2: yeah. The so trip um, to yeah, the to
1: seat. sit under that mango tree for one more time and just you know yeah remember the last Talanoa, last conversation with her. And then that was when she passed. And for this is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever, amen. That's my grandparents right there. Yeah, right. Right. They go up to for me. They go up to heaven, you know.
0: Right. To par-
1: yeah. paradise. To, yeah. Right. To polo to. Yeah.
0: Right. In a way, it's a very like I don't know if I want to say Catholic or Christian because I'm I'm not uh, I'm actually not religious.
1: It is Catholic because um, that's from the Rosary, and um, we we did that every night. Seven thirty, we had to come to the lounge, report to the lounge, and um, yeah, seven thirty on the dot. The whole family was saying the Rosary five decades of the rosary and uh, yeah we had different mysteries and this one was a sorrowful mystery
0: right yeah. right and this poem as well it gives you that sense because the teaching especially i guess especially catholicism but you know correct me if i'm wrong like i said i'm not religious myself so i don't have yeah. those teachings as a base but from what i understand of it is that you know it's it's always a Delay gratification, you kind of trudge through life and then you wait to go to heaven.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, that's pretty right. And um, yeah, I guess we grew up like that. And it was about, yeah, it was, uh, at a point, I grew up with seven sisters as well. So mm. my mother had an older sister and there's seven sisters, and we all were brought up Catholic. And um, we would go outside and we would, would want to see. The lady of Fatima, you know, the three ladies of Fatima, they might appear above the mango tree or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's how much we were involved and in. how much my grandparents were staunch about the Catholic religion. Into right. uh, into okay. T- in Street, that household, there can never be another religion that comes through. Otherwise, even if you were a member of the family and you change your religion, you would be yeah, cast out of the family. Wow. <laughs> that's how staunch my grandparents were. Too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It comes through, right? Even though maybe you cover the story somewhere else, but there is
1: that... Um there can never be another God apart from the Catholic God in that household, and that's what I was spelling out in the book and in most of the poems. Right. I mean, I, mean, I don't really... Um, sometimes I don't uh, I don't agree with all the Catholic... with all what the Catholic Church is doing, but um, that's just something I only understand because I grew up 17 years just... Fully embedded in that religion, and um, yeah, I get my boys to go to church and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, they can make their own choice, I guess. Aotearoa has given me the choice. Mm-hmm. At 17, I came to New Zealand, and uh, yeah, got, well, I was more of an independent. I grew up in a village. A village screwed me up, and then yeah, they sent me overseas, and I really was culture shocked when I came to Aotearoa and the climate from the tropics to windy Wellington, really cold, and yeah, just I just it didn't make sense to me. I don't I didn't know why. They took me out of their place. But today, after this uh, all these books and after the experience in Aotearoa,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I give thanks. Give thanks to my grandparents and right. my mom and family.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's it's always good to have a different perspective, right?
1: Yeah, and they really invested in that and they got me here to where I'm at today. And mm-hmm. I give thanks.
0: Yeah. So- so are, are your other siblings um, still there, or are, are some of them also in, in um, different parts of the in world? In the
1: States, there's my sister, one of my sisters in the States, in okay. San Francisco, another sister's in England, okay. uh, another sister's in Australia, one is here, right. and uh, two in Fiji,
2: yeah, and
1: one passed away when we were growing up, she was 18, she's in the book too, mm-hmm. and she's got a poem for herself,
0: which
1: right. has just, just gone too soon, yeah, 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 yeah. So she was 17, I was 18. Just before I came to Arturo, she passed away. And, uh, yeah, oh. it was sort of a sign of change as well. Yeah,
0: I'm sorry. That must have been really tough to to have to live through that.
1: Um, yeah, and her mom never even cried, you know, never even dropped a tear while we were doing the food and It's like, wow, she was so strong and brave. Yeah. But, um, but she was close, to, I was close to... Because the three of us we were close in age so we were really close and she was one year older than me
0: right yeah 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 but
1: yeah it's really i wanted to do that with this book i wanted to acknowledge everyone who touched my life yeah. it could have been from the guy who's doing the lawns and and, uh, and could have been the lady washing her clothes in the river
2: mm-hmm.
1: so any of them even the dog aki i send it over to you the wild dog he he made my life as
0: well yeah, I, I I was tempted to choose that poem.
1: Um, he <laughs> <laughs> was a real vicious dog, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: yeah, it wasn't. I, I'm not sure if I saw viciousness in it, but I definitely saw a dog that was that had his preferences, like strong preferences. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he knew he could smell. He could smell fear, man, and he he loved human blood like that. Like a bookola, that's what I say is in there, which just means a cannibal. You know? oh. So yeah, so that those kind of words that comes in, like the pigeon words, <laughs> gives it a bit more emphasis. And there's a glossary at the back of the book, so okay. it's going to give more call, give more insight into the words that I use. Right,
0: right. Well, funny enough, this particular poem doesn't have really... Uh...
1: Y- yeah, I guess it's straightforward, this one. When you chose that, I said, oh, wow, yeah, it doesn't have any other... Um, language in it, which is straightforward, is uh, like you said. It's it's to the um, the religion and to the you know a little bit of a background in the Barrett life.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The religion is very dominant in this particular poem, and you know, you you kind of sprinkle uh, hints of what life is like here and there. But like I said, the, the religious aspect of it kind of overwhelms you, and you know, it's just. And um, it's yeah. so, and that's
1: probably how I grew up and how I felt because I only felt that I saw other religions around, but I just said, Oh, my you know, my grandparents would really soul me if I you know, try and go into another church or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it really had a big influence and impact on my life. And yes, uh, yeah, so that first 17 years was very, I embedded in religion and it's pretty proud and culture. Right. So, um, Three elements really molded me before I came to Ateroa and Ateroa and Amsterdam, exposing me to the other uh, race re- and nationalities and mm-hmm. religion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine you, you have to, even though obviously the closer you are in age, the c- you, you got along with those siblings more. Yes, but um, just having so many people in, in such a small amount of space. I and mean, then
1: that would be, the barracks would be about 40 barracks mm. on the hill. So one barrack would be 14 people. Maybe another barrack would be more people, yeah. <laughs> you know. So we were we were poor, but not as poor as some of our neighbors, you know. Right, right. Wow. So, some, of them, some of them were building ghettos outside or at the back, you know, and, and kind of live, you know, in a little
2: space. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Trying to make plantations wherever we could, you know.
2: Just, right.
1: Yeah. Wow. And we even go on to talk about raiding our, you know, neighbor's fence for, for chicken and ducks or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how hungry we were, you know. And after drinking you know, or whatever, you know, it just <laughs> right. that's what happened.
2: Yeah.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it does remind me of some scenes I've seen in parts of. Well, actually, I was just in Uganda, so I've I've seen something similar um, wow, yeah. there, as well as in the Caribbean.
1: Yeah, and, and this book will be the same thing. As our, I know people will relate to it. People grew up like me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they would have that. If it's not Catholic religion, it would be another religion, you know. Yeah. It will be as, as some other culture, and it will be, you know. But it will still have sort of those underlying tones of third world struggle and, and you know, military and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I know a lot of people will, will relate to this book as well, especially yeah. in my people in, here in
2: the Pacific.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so, and and gives you a sense of, you know, especially this poem again. It's like uh, it gives you a sense of having very little options.
1: That's right, and I guess um, that's where creativity really was born. You know, when I tell my children nowadays, man, you know, we didn't have a present growing <laughs> up for, for for Christmas or birthdays, you know. We really improvised. We went out there, we broke a stick, and it was our gun, you know, it was right. our rifle, whatever we <laughs> imagined. We played marbles, you know, our seasons were not uh, not weather seasons, our seasons were kite season, marble season,
2: you know? right. top
1: season. <laughs> and that, that's, that, it's, it's included in the book as well. So mm-hmm. I guess with this yeah. book, you need to read it from start to finish, and you will get the gist of the life of a boy growing up in the barrack in Wall Street, some Borno,
0: Right, the island. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. With this particular poem about your grandma, there is a sense of her having a very melancholy, as you said before, life, and very little escape from it. It's just one day to the next, very similar. There is um, a certain monotony to it. And
1: a very proud woman, uh, although she was poor, she wouldn't go out and ask for money. She would go fishing up to her knees with a basket and bring the fish home and, and get breadfruit and stuff. She was very, yeah, economical, but we still saw her sort of struggled and she never, she had a pride, she, she never really went out of her way to go ask for, for money or for help. Mm. She helped others actually. she worked for St. Vincent de Paul. We used to take food to people in the villages who were less fortunate than us. So yeah, it was, it's just celebrating Nana, really.
0: Yeah. That's a Catholic French uh origin originated charity. It, it's
1: Yes, that's right. And, and it, it's very it's very um sort of active in the Pacific as well and, and uh lot of the islands in the Catholic Church. Right,
0: well. right. They're very active I know in Arizona that's where I encounter them because I I'm not from Arizona. I uh saw them and I was wondering what they were about because they also run charity shops, you know, where they
1: sell. Yes. Them. I guess most of our clothes we're growing up was from there as well. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And she was good at sewing grandmother and, and stuff like that. You know, she had one of those old machines. Right. right. Uh, swing out swing swinger or something. Yeah. And then she just do all our clothes and just wear the same clothes every year and just patch it up and stuff like that. Yeah. Right,
0: right. Well that's interesting because you're telling me these other aspects of her life. Um, can I ask you, um for what reason uh, why you decided not to include those aspects like the fishing, the pride? The-
1: yeah. um, there's actually a few poems on her in the book flows okay. into yeah her some of her backstory which is yeah, and this is just one of them right. for, Nana, but she appears, yeah, I think throughout the book she's she's there because she stayed stayed with us 18 years after my grandfather passed. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, she was just, and she'll, she'll be in the book and there'll be more stories about her involvement there. And, and she is the boss. She is the boss of the household.
0: Right.
2: You know?
1: right. And my grandfather would say you would support that <laughs> anyway. You get no choice, you know. <laughs> yeah, often, <laughs> I
0: mean, often yeah. it's the un, it's unspoken, right, the power structure. Even that's
1: right you're... so most of the things I'm not saying you can hopefully you can pick it up in between yeah when I mean, you're reading most of the poems and um, yeah it's, it's not what I'm really saying some of them is what I'm not saying right and hopefully that comes out yeah right. but like even with that if you're not Catholic you would not know that it was Catholic yes? Mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. as soon as you, if you were Catholic you would know oh yeah sorrowful mysteries uh, glory to the father yeah, oh, yeah. All the, um, catch terms Sort of from the rosary, right? Yeah,
0: I didn't and think even the,
1: the prayer of our father in heaven.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've definitely heard some, some of these are very familiar. I've been to Catholic church uh, services before, so I'm and also, you know, where America is such a Judeo Christian country, it's you know, you can't help it, it comes through, you know, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> it's, it right. just... it's extreme. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. it guys got everything great.
0: <laughs> it, it definitely <laughs> permeates, uh, and so you can't help but be familiar. Where you, you don't even realize until you catch yourself uh, <laughs> thinking, "Oh my God!" That's...
1: I know that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I didn't know about the sorrowful mysteries. That's part of the prayer as well.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you have the joyful mysteries, the sorrowful mysteries. You have a. I think there's three mysteries. And then then all those mysteries will have uh, five decades of the rosary within them. They'll have their own way of saying those prayers and stuff. And yeah, we we used to spend hours praying at home. I guess that's how I became a teenager. I started to, I don't know, after nine years of altar boy and just continuous prayers in church, yeah, I started to rebel at teenage years. Right. and I guess that's where it's closer to the time for me to come to New Zealand <laughs> and right. I think it made it easier for my grandparents to send me to La as well right. So, right. Yeah, but I yeah it was really and I don't want to do that with my kids I don't want to really like you know force it on them I want right. them to enjoy right. enjoy the process of prayer or enjoy the process of church you know
0: Right.
1: and don't feel like they're forced to do stuff you
0: know? yeah yeah exactly but you know that that's the luxury as you said right um as well as with the physical luxury of choice of having presence, but there's also the luxury of choice of having different religions to choose from.
1: That's right. Yeah, because as in, our, in our little village there, we would have all the religions. We'll have about eight different churches, mm. and that'll be like almost five ten minutes apart from each other. You know, mm. it's all in the area, and everyone's doing their own thing: Mormon church, Methodist, you know, a right. and you can ag. And, um, yeah, it's very much uh, full of cultures as well in the islands. So, yeah, I guess, um, if you're a priest or you're a talatala, one of these, um, pastors you really looked after, um, the priests were like, um, gods in our houses. We had to, yeah, serve them when, when you see them coming, more yeah. uh, well, than probably our, our chief yeah. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just the, the importance of, um, spirituality, I guess, and religion to our people nowadays. And right. uh, it's all embedded into
2: our culture, I guess.
0: Right. Well, I, yeah. Yeah, that brings up an interesting, um, I was wondering in terms of the existence and how the influence of the indigenous religions, how does that compare to the, you know, Christianity?
1: Uh, they have actually, um, some of it has been branded heathen, Practice, so they are not allowed to do that anymore. So, um, it's the Catholic, it's the Christian religions that's the one that we're looking to towards now. And um, right. yeah, some some of them, if they're still practicing the old way, they get banished from the church. Oh, wow. For okay. yeah, for, for sort of doing other stuff, and which is and it's sad too because we've lost a lot of our culture, you know, in our, yeah. our talmas, in our treasures that right. we use. And I do a lot of museum work as well in terms of uh reviving the hair traditions of Fiji. Right. And so there yeah, that's that's my project that I do on the side and I write forms for that. Too.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's but really uh, yeah, helpful. there's there's a lot of practice that we need to tap into in terms of all spirituality, which is very significant. And even in terms of medicine, in terms of herbs and leaves and, and other stuff like that. Right. Um it's really been taken over by yeah the Western culture.
0: Yeah. So is that the case even now, or is it different now? Because I know, um, so David was telling me how at Teoroa, New Zealand, how basically in the 80s there was a deliberate decision to raise up indigenous cultures, and that's how there was a change in the attitude toward indigenous peoples. So I was wondering if there is or... Uh, was a similar movement in Fiji in terms of revitalizing the culture.
1: I guess now we can, especially with in terms of research and revival and museum studies,
2: mm. to do
1: that revival projects now. But yeah, it depends because you have to go through the ministry of Itauke, which is the indigenous Fijian people of the island, and it's through them that you can practice those in depth with those uh, old practices as well.
2: Mm.
1: And I guess it, it comes down to the blessing and the permission from uh, the indigenous people right. as well. And uh, it's, I guess we can do it now. And in terms of my studies, it, it complements what I'm doing and sort of uh, informs the uh, treasures that I study. And I guess it, it's accepted by them as well and it's appreciated.
0: Yeah. That's good. So similar to you, uh, my grandmother had a very outsized sized influence on my life in many ways she kind of raised me she was often my babysitter so the poem that i'm going to read now is a reminiscence about her um, and also about that part of my childhood so i'll read that now it's called a vice from peach blossoms i saw a branch of peach blossoms leaning against a rubbish bin It talked to me about spring times a long, long ago, years of climbing trees and fighting boys with innocence of the past, when peach trees lined schoolyards with blossoms profuse and teachers spoke of one-two-threes in a language I've since disused. And of that land and ocean away, my beautiful birthplace, where grandmother now lay dying and blinded by age pining for reunion with daughter and granddaughter alike while yearning in agony for death to take her away a return to that faraway land where memories come alive of grandmother's soothing voice and remembrance of friends whole sway wow that's beautiful I could-
1: see the imagery and it's really uh, it's sort of similar to mine as well going back to that innocent place yeah. you know and uh, yeah yeah it's really touching it feels like i was <laughs> it feels like the barracks as well because <laughs> yeah. we played the uh, tag on the tree as well on the mango tree
0: yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you and then, although that was my tree you had your tree
0: you know?
1: awesome. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's a wonderful
0: poem yeah, yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah.
1: But did you just write that, or was it written before?
0: No, it, this this poem is the response. Quite old. It's over twenty years old.
2: Oh wow! Yeah.
0: I think it's twenty. Yeah,
2: that's lovely.
0: Thank you. Yeah.
2: So I, yeah.
0: I wrote this around the time I forget if I wrote it before or after she passed. I, I think. It was before, I think. she's
1: sick, eh? She's a bit ill in that.
0: Yeah. Well, she's she's always been ill. She was ill when my mother, she's my maternal grandmother. So she was ill when my mother and her siblings were like teenagers. So wow. she had this uh, congenital problem. So okay. so it was very difficult for her to, to bring up, and she had to bring up her children by herself because of um, a, a very difficult family situation that happened that took her husband away. And so oh. it was very hard on her because she had, like I said, this uh, condition. So when I was born, like for all the time that I knew her, she was always bedridden. So, oh, wow.
1: Yeah, especially seeing And I guess you get used to seeing them that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because you know when you when you're a kid when you're you know when you're born into that situation you yes. don't know of it's, any. It's normally, Yeah, it's like a normal. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like hearing the Catholic prayer. You know, it, it's, that's right. It's, yeah, very, it's part of yeah,
1: that's yeah. right.
0: Um, part of who you are. Hey? Yeah, exactly. So it was really interesting to grow up in in that environment because. You know, obviously, in this poem, it's not just about her, though she does play a part in it, and she is part of the reminiscence uh, about my childhood. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: When did she pass? Don't mind me asking.
0: It's about 25 years ago. Around it was around the time that that poem. That's why I can't really remember if it was. I am pretty sure I wrote it right before she passed. She had actually technically had passed away before, but with medical science, all right, yeah, sort
1: of unconscious or something.
0: Yeah, they they brought her back. She she was technically dead for for at least like half an hour. Wow. Then she was back and she lived for I forget was it a decade? I'll have to check with my mom again. I think maybe a decade afterwards, uh, and so this was the time. That oh, she... What a strong lady! Eh? Yeah, yeah, it, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, she was plagued by sickness, but she yeah. was strong.
1: Survivor, a fighter.
0: Yeah, she absolutely a fighter. It's funny because you know when I after I sent you the poem, I wrote another poem about the the stubborn women in in my family. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can relate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I want to hear that one too. (laughs) One day.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like what you said about your grandmother, you know, like the sense of. You know, we know what we want. We're going to stick to what we want.
2: That's (laughs) right. (laughs) And there's no other way.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Our word is law, kind of. It didn't manifest that way in particular, like in the way that they related to, well, with my mom, yeah, a bit more like that. But I don't remember my grandmother being that obstinate. Mm -hmm. She didn't really say you have to behave a certain way or else. Partly because, again, because of her health condition, she can't really exert that energy.
1: Yeah, I guess she's that. She's always trying to, yeah, yeah, preserve yeah. energy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And funny enough, she was raised Catholic. She went to Catholic school. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah. I guess back in those days, it's like, yeah, yeah, there was certain religion. Yeah.
0: Yeah and and also she she grew up at a time that was quite chaotic so i think better education was through the religious schools
1: that's right yeah i guess so too cuz we all went to yeah we got educated in those schools
0: yeah yeah so and it
1: was probably yeah
0: yeah she was not vocal about i don't think she was religious i don't remember her being preachy, I don't remember her, like, she didn't read the, she didn't use the rosary bees and everything. Well, also political, the political climate change. So um, even if she was, she wouldn't be able to express it. But as far as what I know, from what my mom told me, uh, I don't think she ever was one of those, you know, church going people. It's just that her Catholicism, I don't I don't even know if she was religious, but she did go to religious school. Again, more for the education than I
2: probably from
1: the parents, hey, from your great grandparents.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think my great grandparents were religious either. Oh, okay. I think it you know, really it was just a practicality because the Catholic um, uh, they they ran the schools. So oh, right. yes. you know and so it's
2: connected, eh?
0: Yeah, because, you know, they, they don't separate the educational aspect or they don't separate the religious with the secular education. They go hand in hand. So, yeah, when I say she went to Catholic school, it's more just a matter of that is the sort of school she went to for a better yeah. education rather than uh, she went to Part Catholic. the religion. School. And, right, yeah, that's right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. That. Fair
0: enough, yeah. But there are definitely some, that mango tree sitting on the man, under the mango tree of your imagery ah. that you brought up, that sense of serenity. It really yes. it just made me think <laughs> of this poem because there was a lot of serenity when I was with my grandmother that I couldn't find when I was with my parents.
2: Definitely,
1: yeah. And yeah, I was really close to them growing up uh, than I was to my mom. His mom was overseas most of the time, but yeah, those were great times and memories. And yeah, yeah. It's good to capture it and um,
2: yeah,
1: and feel that again.
0: Yeah,
1: like you said, it's reminiscent for your poem. It's reminiscent for me too.
0: Yeah, and
1: yeah. Just going back to the childhood time and, and place and other person. Right,
0: right. And the school, you know, the I just I love peach blossoms just because you know they I don't know, I don't think they smell nice ah. I don't remember the smell. I do remember how beautiful it, it looked. looked. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's springtime. It basically just meant springtime. And there were harsh winters. So it's one of those I mean, hey,
1: changes into something bite, eh? I mean
0: Yeah, yeah it's a sign of life again you know after that's right yeah (laughs) after the harsh
1: and you feel that as well you feel it when you say no as soon as you hear that word blossom eh? right right yeah it sort of brings that image eh? yeah
0: yeah So, so it always reminds me of that and there there is definitely a sense of innocence right because when you're looking back and you know when you're fortunate enough to live a childhood that is it's not the most peaceful but still it's not horribly traumatic so your memory affords you that that peace Um, yeah and so it's nice to look back and and just say oh you know i wish i was still back there in in certain in certain ways You know, memory has this wonderful ability to smooth out things. (laughs)
2: That's (laughs) right.
1: Especially in poetry, especially uh, if you're writing something based on a memoir,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, there are certain episodes that are traumatic that stands out, and then you have poems about that, but, you know, that's usually separate. And then you have yeah. the ones that are about the happier times. And I, I don't tend to write about the happier times.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, yours is very, um, like mine, it's a mix A, although it's it's still got a memory in it. It's uh, like I said, like you said, you know, violent fathers and all that's coming in, eh? Mm-hmm. But like with yours, it's beautiful. It's just flowing, you know? It's mm-hmm. good. It's like, uh, yeah, like transition of the season from winter into spring. Right,
0: right. Or, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, well, there is a sadness yeah. of losing that beauty, right? Because I, I talk about a language that's being lost. Um, yes.
1: You yeah. Know. The sadness is on the under, yeah, the
2: undertone. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And my grandmother's pain. Yeah. And these pains are just uh, the advancing of age, as well as her, the fact that she was dying. Um, yeah. and it was and
1: I guess you've been probably there must be a whole childhood you, you would have seen her that way yeah suffering and just yeah um
0: fortunately I would say no um I mean this particular when I was lay dying and then blinded by age these are all parts of her like aging process that oh. I was fortunate enough not to have witnessed These are things that I heard about more secondhand from my mom, because my mom was in touch with her siblings and and her mother. uh, Well, by that time, I was more in touch with her siblings. So she was relating this to me like thirdhand. So I was able to, in some way, have the distance to take poetic less license with that. Um, So... When you're reading it, it flows with a rhythm. It doesn't. It doesn't jar as much as right. if you're experiencing it directly, like in your poem.
1: Um, and you feel like it sits well, and you know when you once you're happy with it, eh? Once you, I mean, sometimes you have to find the right words to sit properly together. Yeah. To make make it mean you know, what you want to mean.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think most of the poem is. Definitely, much more. Um, there, there is a sense of regret. At the same time, there is also a sense of acceptance
1: to it. Yeah, I get, I get you as well because at the same time, like I said, she's, you know, she's saying a prayers because she's waiting for us. Right. I have, I have that regret as well. I said I shouldn't have kept her waiting. You know,
2: right.
1: shouldn't have got her to be, you know, right. to cry or to, you know, to say say prayers continuously because right. of me. I felt a bit of guilt, you know?
0: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. The wonderful thing is that you had that beautiful moment that you were able to see her again prior to her passing. So, you know, you were able to say your goodbyes, which is really, really wonderful.
1: Yeah, no, that was special for me. And um, I, I, I did make an effort every year to go back to Fiji and see my grandmother, especially after my granddad passed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because um, it really changed everything as well. Once the you know once gone and now she's gone, it's it changed again. And you know, mm. it's really once they've gone, it's hard to replace them. You know, yeah. And the uh, the the leadership changes, you know,
0: yeah.
1: and the whole team structure changes, <laughs> family. Because right. we live in extended families, you know, we can have four generations under one roof. Or,
0: right. You know, yeah. You definitely get that sense of passage of time, and then new uh, growth in the family.
2: Yes,
0: yeah. But uh, one of the questions I forgot to ask you before was, like you had mentioned just now that your mother was in a foreign land, you said?
1: She was here in New Zealand for seven years before I could come over. Oh, okay. uh, it was just on um, because of the way our governments work. Right. And we, we especially for Fiji, it's a republic, so it's not that, friendly at that time right. and more friendly maybe today right. but at that time it was really a difficult thing to do a difficult process and um, yeah and the choice was for me or I mean the option was for me to stay with my grandparents because to right. do my education right. While mama worked on her papers here until it was time for me to come right. yeah so it took about seven years and uh, during that time that was the way I got educated and I could wear some good clothes and stuff right. was when mom. Was working overseas. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: It's because, uh, they, we came from a uh, broken home. So, most of my, sis- my sisters I was talking about, they are my first cousins, but we all grew up together oh, okay. in the same okay. household. Right. And uh, they didn't have a father just like me. And my father was my granddad. And my grandmother was sort of like a mother because my mom wasn't around. Right. And uh, they were. Yeah, for a lot of us, and not just us, and there was a lot of homeless people that had come through mm. the barracks, uh, through 27 Tombow Street, right. and um, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, it's the whole history about this memoir that right. I'm trying to put together.
0: Yeah, you talk about that in your other poem about your granddad, about people coming through.
1: And- yes, so the open-door policy, and right. uh, you know, the yeah. door is never closed. As soon as you wake up in the morning, it's open, and anyone's welcome, you know, yeah. And this, but yeah, I mean, I was counting. Uh, when I left at 17, there had already been 75 different homeless people that had come through wow. the barrier. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. So, yes,
1: yeah, so I've met different aunties and uncles from the streets and stuff like that. Who I so begging, and the next minute they were staying with us at home, you know, right? Right, it was sort of that kind of home, you know, it's a refugee camp, it's
0: everything,
1: right, right? Yeah, yeah. find a spot, and yeah. <laughs> Like
0: a there, yeah right and and I find that interesting the the aspect of your mom you know being away working on her papers uh, the legal papers in order for you to to bring you over and it's it's so reminiscent of you know other immigrant families here as well in the us
1: and the sacrifice and, you know yeah no and then I guess that's why you know really can't help but you you know take care or give back reciprocity you know back to how they brought you up and all the stuff that they've done for you which is you can't pay them back yeah but um i i'm in this could i'm in a better place now you know due to their vision right of growing up and if i didn't grow up the way i did i mean i wouldn't change it for the world And, and i guess that's what made me who i am today and yeah. And the poetry has really resonated with me when I first came to Aotearoa because it actually where I grew up was was poetry, you know. It was, uh, yeah, it was a song, you know. It was like, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And I tapped into it and I found poetry. Poetry found me in Aotearoa. It just felt right. It felt, good. It felt like, um, yeah, that was me. That was what I was destined to be.
0: <laughs>
1: and to write my stories is the main thing is to tell, you know, Tell mm-hmm. people where I come from And, and, and share Pacific poetry And stuff like that
0: yeah. Right, And it's really nice to be able to Find that ability To express yourself To find this kindred Way of Being able to relate Your story Being able to tell it In a way that Other people can relate to it
1: Yeah and then when they really Understand it it really makes the the difference in in, where they relate to it, actually.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm always trying to see, yeah, because I know people, I I guess I try to write from that place too, Mm -hmm. because I know people are going, you know, would have suffered more than what I'm writing or, you know, would Mm -hmm. have went through the same experience that I had gone through. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's why this, this one, this particular piece was, you know, for all our grandmothers. <laughs> it's not just like my grandmother, but I, I can feel your grandmother as well in that poem that I've written, and my grandmother in your poem that yeah. you've written. So yeah. sort of like the same similar kind of uh, affection for your grandmother, you know? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And just, you know, appreciating their strength. Their yeah,
1: and that's like acknowledging their presence in your life, you know, and just yeah. being there. And Like you said, it's 25 years old, that, that poem.
0: Mm.
1: it's cold yeah
0: and just you know we we know that they they were able to live through some tough times and still have such beauty in our lives
1: that's so true man and they they sacrifice so much just to make sure that you know we we get what those opportunities that, that they didn't have yeah they wanted us to do better and become someone yeah. You know, be, be good and do you know, right. not, not become anything like rich or famous, but, you know, support yourself and to, to learn from what they taught you growing up, I
0: guess. Yeah, <sighs> definitely. So I always ask people in conclusion how now with the COVID, how how do people, if they want to go see you, read, where do, where do they find you uh, reading? Are you doing re- virtual readings? And then, then how do they follow you?
1: I haven't done any virtual readings. Uh, this yeah. is my first one, actually, over the COVID. Okay. But I have, like I said, I'll do my book and that'll come online maybe in the next couple of months. But I'll be recording live poetry mm-hmm. to accompany that and I would keep you in tech. Um, in but for now, my Facebook page is DK Pacific Poet as an artist. Okay.
0: Yeah. Are you on instagram or twitter as well or no
1: i am but i'm not as active actually i'm pretty slack <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <No> worries,
1: <laughs> no worries. Uh, so yeah just facebook and uh, I'll, I'll get a link once everything's online okay yeah.
0: sounds good and
1: otherwise people can google my name online cool
0: well thank you very much I, I really appreciate you spending time talking with me about your grandmother and your poem
1: Oh, man, it's pretty exciting. This is my first time I've talked about this uh, before. My uh, like Hardly anyone knows my book is coming out yet because I'm keeping it on download, but I want to put that out soon. And, uh, yeah, it's, this is my first time that I'm sharing it uh, on public media. Yeah, and thank yeah. you so much, Jean. I really um, appreciate your time and uh, sharing and and taking time to share with your grandmother with me as well. Yeah,
0: thank you. You can find us at poetsandmuses.com as well as Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now, aside from poetsandmuses.com as well as our SoundCloud page, you can listen to the Poets and Muses podcast via Apple Podcasts Stitcher as well as tune in. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a safe and healthy week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.